The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And I stalked it. I fucked up the die roll. I stalked it. My luck's a black hole, so I stalked it. And I know I'm an asshole, because I stalked it. And I stalked it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole, because I stalked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. This is Jim. And I'm Dave. And we, hey. have, a, we, we have a new host, Jim. For, uh, your, uh, your official title at uh, Strategicon would be... Master of all he surveys. Actually, all I was my thinking badge. nerds are. Oh. Oh, no, all oh, my badge just says Generalissimo of RPGs. Ah. <laughs> but uh, my official status is Supervisor of Does RPGs. We get to hang you by your thumbs at some point. Well, no. you have to uh, either do some kind of coup or... Okay. Uh, it means he gets an awesome hat and a mess right? of ribbons. Yeah. It's just a mess. And if you take out the right people, you become El Presidente <laughs> Por Vida. Por Vida, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play Junta? Yeah. I we talk game. about that all the time. <laughs> I love Junta. Did you ever play Junta? No. no. I everyone, everyone's. Uh, I played the video game version called Tropico. Oh, I didn't know there was a video hmm. game version. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so it's so, so much Because it starts out in the 60s, and you become the random El Presidente that takes over. And there's even like a toady narrator that's sort of your advisor, and he's all, El Presidente, the people are angry, they want sh- shoes! And you're like, <laughs> not today! <laughs> I remember I need playing more cigars. Nuclear War on my Commodore 64 on Q-Link, which was sort of like the uh, the messaging board... PBS system of that time, and they had a game called Nuclear War, and I would play El Generalissimo, I always be the Cuban, and, uh... There you go. There we go, okay. Ignore me. <laughs> and I would constantly be spattering exactly like that. You do not know! We are waiting for you in Las Montañas for La Revolución! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, Banana Republics. Born in one, practically. Really? Which one? I'm, I'm from Chile. And actually, oh. I was born oh. almost to the day where Pinochet took over from the Allende government. No kidding. Yeah, wow. my mom tells stories of people disappearing and her oh, having geez. a victory garden or else she wouldn't have had anything to eat because everything was rationed and all kinds wow. of horror stories. It's pretty bad. <clears throat> That's crazy. So a couple of news things I want to mention before we go on to the... Well, first off, Strategicon, we have an event coming up soon, don't we? Uh, yeah, Strategicon is coming up this Memorial Day weekend uh, in, I believe, three weeks. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. September 4th, 5th, 6th, and 4th, 7th. 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. And uh, we're running straight through from Friday to Monday. With uh, We have around 140 RPG events already posted and ready to go. We just opened pre-registration today. So if you want to go ahead and get yourself is it, a badge, open? It's open today, supposedly. Noon. Oh, I thought it was at noon. Uh, noon. Yeah, well... Okay. Typically today, in you a put few the big hours. fear in me because I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I know. I'm going to pause this. Hold shit. on. <laughs> I'm also sitting there going, uh. the noon. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah, okay. around noon. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, but you got to understand yet. also that none of this is really automated. All of this is pretty much done by hand. Levers so, and dials. Eric is in a basement <laughs> a with Jacob's steam ladder. engines. Stoking a boiler. Exactly. <laughs> he has his kid throwing coal into oh, a boiler. Please, yeah. please let that be true. That would be so awesome. <laughs> it looks <laughs> like the fries in, in coveralls with no shirt, just sweaty with a beard all braided up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> None of this stuff is really automated. We have to go in there. I have to physically approve every single game, review every single game, uh, and make adjustments by hand. Nothing is oh. really uh, well, automated. That's, that's the best way to do it. When you yeah. have in the world of bots, anyway, any 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 form you put on a web page is going to get filled with crap. Yeah, yeah. It just turns into a bunch of sequel garbage gook with people just trying to figure out what the electronic instructions are but no we're very hands-on about everything so when the flip it the the switch is flipped for pre-registration that's somebody literally flipping a switch <laughs> uh, and making that happen totally so cool. hopefully right at noon according to uh yep uh Pacific going into Standard a time. config file and saying pre-reg open equals true <laughs> no i, I, I totally see it like like the the dude with the weird helmet on the Death Star, <laughs> 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 and then the line of people all come running down the hallway to pre-register instead of the big green beam, and the staff members trying to leap out of the way. But uh, pre-registration is through the roof, and I just want to thank everybody for uh, uh, who attends and comes out there for being so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, and we were just talking earlier about some games that kind of have a light representation. I find that things go through cycles yeah. in RPGs a lot. I mean, I've been an attendee since the 80s uh, and been part of the staff since the mid-90s. And I've really very much noticed that certain things come in and out of vogue. Uh, and you see a whole grip of a certain type of game and then a sort of a dearth of others uh, for the longest time. You didn't see uh, any type of D&D &D being played down there at all, really. Fourth edition sort of kill D&D for the RPG department. Everybody just oh, went yeah. to RPGA for that. Right. Uh, because of, there are a lot of attitudes about that I don't even go into. But, uh, like, and when I, when I was here during the 90s and mainly an attendee, I found that White Wolf games, which is what we were talking about, were super popular. Every, you know, mm -hmm. you'd find vampire yeah. games left and right. LARPs all over the place. Now, you know, we, I have one vampire game, and I think it's a, it's a jacker that's actually running the vampire game. Oh, is it's yeah. Kurt. Uh, Louis running. Yeah, one I, or two, I, 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 I'm not sure, but there's just and there's no werewolf. There's no, you know, all the lesser represented white wolf games just do not exist anymore. And only like three or four fake games. Three or four fake games, but that's crazy because the past year, fake games have been very popular, and also Apocalypse World, uh, Apocalypse Engine games have also been really popular, and I've seen very few of those. I'm seeing a lot of uh, OSR type stuff. Uh, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics is actually pretty big. There are a lot of events being run through with that. Uh, uh, you're seeing a lot of... You, you always have, like, the one paranoia game, you know? Right. And, right. Uh, and I was very happy to see certain things, like uh, we played in that... Um, Dogs in the Vineyard. Do Dogs in the Vineyard game, which I was v so excited to, to get in on because I wanted to experience that game. And usually every con there's, like, one game. Like, the the new Feng Shui. Somebody's running a, a, oh, a really? session of the new Feng Shui. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, uh, uh, I think uh, was yeah. Morgan ran it when because he got yeah. it last con, and I, I actually sat in on that game, and it was super fun. Uh, and but the thing that I like usually try to promote to whatever limited extent I can possibly promote is I like to have sort of smaller press 
uh, indie games a lot more represented than having, you know, I'd, I'd rather have like a whole bunch of people running smaller games at RPGs than running a whole bunch of Pathfinder games because I have an entire division out there running Pathfinder. Oh, sure. Games. I don't yeah. need yeah. that. Right. You know? uh, uh, but I, I'd love to see more fake games. I, I like to see things like Atomic Robo when Mike Olson yep. comes out and actually runs that. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, like I said, any of the Apocalypse World uh, type games, if you guys haven't played that, it's a radically different That's type of role playing game. That's a little light. Uh, it can con. be. Yeah. No, I just oh, mean, no, like, I, not... I, not yeah, it's because the, yeah. I have one guy named uh, Brian who runs the bulk of those, and he he's crazy, because he'll run every single slot. He'll run a different game. He doesn't play a thing. He just runs. <laughs> and he is not uh, attending this con, which made me very gotcha. sad. And that's why there aren't very many Apocalypse in here. Exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's very community-based, and you <laughs> see a lot of the people that GM here coming back all the time, and... Uh, there are certain alterations to what they run, but usually there's a pattern to what they run. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see somebody there, that means that whatever they contribute isn't isn't really going to be supported. Right. Right. Okay. Um, now, and also, just to sort of reiterate, it's also a little light on Traveler Fifth Edition games. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why would that Cause, be? Because nobody could get the book to a con. You'd have to hire like a LTL you have to hire guy a boy to carry yeah, it around for you. You'd have to hire <laughs> no, I mean like you know, like Conway Trucking or something to come to your house and pick it up on a pallet. Have you seen that that pallet Trusting? jack thing? Yeah, it's that, ridiculous. Tell you the truth, I've been seeing that so much in games in general. You ever, have you picked up the new the newest edition of Shadowrun or the newest edition of MechWarrior, the role playing no. game, no, or anything Catalyst is bringing out? Minimum four hundred pages. Really, minimum. And and some of their supplements are 400 pages. Oof. So geez. it is ridiculous. You, if you pick up a Time of War, which is the MechWarrior game, it's it's a tome. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'm very happy that I do a lot of stuff on PDF because you really need a pallet jack to yeah, <laughs> move yeah. around everything you need for a lot of these games. Oh, I, I got a print-on-demand copy of uh, uh, Vampire 20th Edition. Mm-hmm. It- Thick. That, oh, yeah. It's that big. That's not even the premium one. It's the thin paper. Oh, right. If you get yep, the, like, the nice paper, God, I don't, know, yeah. I don't know how big that book is going to be. It's like hero <laughs> books. Yeah. Hero 6. Those crunchy systems, man. Yeah. When you have to come up with uh, something for every possible contingency. What if you're drowning in yogurt? How long <laughs> will it take you to drown in yogurt? <laughs> What's the viscosity of that material? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fate was a thousand pages. Fate was a thousand pages. Not fate. Uh, fatal. 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 Yeah, I, Do I not associate the two. Similar. No. I'm not a big fate guy, <laughs> but I'm definitely not a fatal guy either. <laughs> and they're very different. That's a gross book. Yeah. Uh, and it, I'm, I'm going to mention this now. Okay. Which is the, it's not on your sheets. I, I put the announcements because I had already printed them out when this stuff came Oh, out. and I was instructed to say this real quick. Uh, the opinions uh, forwarded by myself are my own personal opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and policies of Strategicon in general. There. I've said <laughs> Good it. call. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um, the Strategicon food and alcohol policy. No outside food or beverages are allowed to be consumed in common areas at the hotel by staff or attendees of Strategicon events. This mean this includes things like bag of hamburgers from Carl's Jr. or Cheetos that you brought in from Vaughn's, all that stuff, any kind of liquor that is not purchased on the premises. There you go. I specifically <laughs> talked yeah. to you about this beforehand, <laughs> and I'm sitting here quietly. Me too. <laughs> 
I would just uh, like to put in my uh, two cents to the hotel that you should open up your bar before 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That I will completely agree with. (laughs) If you want me to buy beer from you, have somewhere to do that. Let me do it. Right. (laughs) I'd be in there at lunchtime. No shit! I would happily be in there purchasing many a boozy drink. Especially when you have a convention going. I mean, come on. It's a convention. People are going to drink at conventions. Noon. Noon. It should open at noon. I can understand not opening it at 10. But no. Yeah. Well, uh, there are beers available in that little cafe in the like, bar place on the opposite side. Okay. Like right by the entrance, they're actually the in sort of the like cooler where you find like the bottled water and stuff. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even know that. Okay. And that's open twenty four hours. Beer. It it's not the best, but no. you know if you need to fix, I don't even. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but they are there twenty four hours a day. That's yeah. Yeah. They are okay. Yeah. All right. So you could find something. Right. It's just not conveniently in a pint glass. I just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, drive through RPG was hacked. Uh, this bum, happened bum, bum, bum. sometime over, I think, uh, it, in July it started. Uh, uh, there's a couple statements. I actually got an email from them because I was, at, like an idiot, kept my credit card on there. But it turns out uh, my credit card h- had been reissued because they went to chip and pin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened... Like three or four days after I had bought the White Wolf books on Drive Through RPG, which was during the time that uh-huh. they got hacked, um, I got the new card and had an entirely new number. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, man, eh, ain't about you. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, this is the statement I got. I think that's what this was on uh, their web page. Um, I, I put the the frequently asked questions page. There's a link and go to happyjacks.org/slash/drive-through-hack. That's T-H-R-U, for those of you who like to spell correctly. Um, It says, one of our servers suffered a security breach that may have affected some of you. Direct emails are going out now to those who may have been affected. Most of our customers don't have anything to worry about. Uh, Those that may be affected are uh, specifically credit cards used or stored on our site between July 6, 2015 and the morning of August 6, 2015. So during that one month period, if you bought something, you may want to check your credit card statements or just call your credit card company up and tell them to get you a new one. That crap is so scary. I know. Every time you... Like, because you have no choice sometimes. You have to buy some stuff online. There's no way. Oh, yeah. To get my ketchup chip fix. I can't drive to Canada. I have to go on Amazon and get my ketchup chip. Yuck. <laughs> Love that stuff. Do you really? Yeah. I do. I adore it. Well. Ketchup chips. To me, it tastes just like uh, uh, In-N-Out fries slathered in ketchup. Oh, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I saw, I saw a... Where was it? A Lay's chip somewhere. I don't think it was in the United States. It was a weird-ass flavor. I can't remember what it was. I just saw biscuits and gravy. That was yeah, it! The, biscuits the, and gravy. Well, every year they do their contest. Oh, they do? Okay. They, like People submit ideas for flavors, and then Lay's picks the top four, and then... You, they put oh, all yeah. four out. So this year it's like biscuits and gravy, yep. truffle fries. Truffle fries, yeah. Um, uh, Reuben sandwich. Yeah. Stack wow. and Those are the only three I saw. I don't, I there's remember. one more, but I don't remember what it is. Toe jam? No. Uh, but then people that buy Scent them get to vote. Woman. Like you can go to a website and vote for which flavor you like best. Okay. And whichever one wins, that person gets a million bucks and... It's and all the freaking Frito-Lay crap they want. For yeah, like probably. 
Like, last year, last they year. had one that was awesome that was, like, cappuccino. Oh, my God. Ooh. I was just going to say that was the nastiest shit. Oh, no. They were awesome. <laughs> they had a sriracha that one that I really liked. One? That was oh, yeah. Horrible. I like the sriracha no. See, I liked it because awesome. it was... You See the, the truffle broken, fries one. The truffle man. fries one this year actually tastes really good, but it makes sense because it's a sure. potato product. Right. You're just taking the seasoning yeah. and putting it on another potato product. Of course, it's going to be fine. But I like that because it was unique. I was like, yeah, this is like a dessert chip. So is it's poop sweet on a and stick, weird. But I don't think you should make a <laughs> I don't chip eat poop out of it. for dessert. <laughs> I know, but who does? Yeah, I don't usually put my poop on a stick either. Well, you know, there's times the where it has to happen, I guess. I but guess, you know. You're in the woods and you poop and there's a stick. <laughs> See, I don't think sudden, any, no. anything that would have any kind of a, that is not specifically savory should not go on a chip. Exactly. Why not? Because because it's freaking potato. Experiment. Well, uh, uh, the, like a honey barbecue sauce on a chip is tasty and that's semi yeah, sweet. It's yeah, but it is, but it's also it, it's yeah. also a balanced. Yeah. Usually with yeah. some kind of spice or something. Like a sweet, sm- savory like sweet The biscuits and gravy one this year is kind of good, Which but one? it's, it's really? a biscuits and gravy. good. I yeah. was, <laughs> really? It's pretty good. It tastes very sagey because mm-hmm. you kind of really get that gravy flavor. Wow. Yeah. Right. You don't get so much like the sausage or biscuit or anything. I think yeah. the potato is supposed to be kind of the biscuit. The biscuit, flavor, yeah. Right. right. But I don't know how we go to that. Anyway. Interesting. Hey, you got a fan club in the chat room. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let's see that instead of the pictures. Oh, yeah. Let, let me uh, just let people know. If you would like to listen to us live, you can listen to us at happyjacks.org slash live. Uh, I think we're going to do one more week on uh, Friday nights. Then we're going to switch to Saturdays for the next week. And then after that is Strategicon. And then we'll go back to Saturdays for a little... Or Sundays. Sorry. Mon- <laughs> Fridays for a couple days. So, But it, it's on the it's on the forum. And Yay, I think it's also Fridays. on the Listen Live. So, there you are. Uh, uh, and if you'd like to join us, uh, do so. HappyJacks.org slash live. There's a chat room, and we have the Q&A open, and it's ready to go. If anyone has any questions, it's up, so you can see it. And look, the chat room, there's a lot of people in it. That's good. Yep. Actually, do you want to read the first one, since you're a guest? The first email? Uh, sure. Let's see. Uh, greeting douchebags. Greetings, douchebags. This is... Oh, you. of course, you give me the one with all the strange language, right? No, no, no. That's <laughs> Green the fourth one. Okay, that okay one. that's the fourth one. Okay, cool. Because I saw yeah, all that, uh, that. one. It may actually be somebody <laughs> I know. Uh, Rusano Greenstripe again, writing to tell you that uh, at least one person out here in the wilds of not California has, in fact, taken some of your advice and used it an, in an RPG setting. Recently, I played Shadowrun Fifth Edition, uh, Shadowrun Fifth Edition game as part of my character's background. He had a, a very outspoken bias against elves. To those familiar with, Sh- with Shadowrun lore, his family was exiled from Ireland once the O'Connors took over. He hasn't to he hasn't to the point where he would attack elves on sight or anything, but wouldn't voluntarily associate with them and warned other people not to trust elven kind. Never Trust an Elf is actually a part of the Shadowrun lore. And this didn't extend to other forms of metahumanity, like orcs or dwarves, just to those whom he felt had wronged his family and pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. Perfectly reasonable. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's a, I had a dwarf, Japanese dwarf exactly the same way. Uh, when I joined the game, uh, this wasn't an issue, as none of the PCs nor notable NPCs were elven. No one seemed bothered by it. Everyone just read it as a character quirk. However, as the game went on, two new player characters uh, joined our crew, both of them elves. The first player who made an elf uh, knew of my anti-elven bias and didn't last the session. Uh, not my fault. He started. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the second know. one was uh, made by uh, a newcomer player to the party, so I didn't know if the GM briefed him before he made the character. When it came time to introduce the second elf, I confronted the rest of the party about this, and dandelion eating knife uh, knife ear was do- was what this dandelion eating knife ear was doing with us. Uh, despite the new elven character having good persuasion skills, the GM was reluctant to let this guy just roll to convince me that they were best friends. Uh, the GM also hadn't engineered a situation where this. Uh, where his presence was vital to our success. Both the player and the character were at, uh, were at a loss for what to say, as were other members of the crew. This is when I remembered Tappy, may he rest in peace, and <laughs> Stu's ideas about social skills giving characters access to, persons, to a person's buttons. So I stepped out of character for a moment and informed uh, one of the other players that what was needed to convince my character to go along with, with a plan. Namely, I told them to appeal to something stronger than my character hatred for elves, his desire to liberate his homeland. One of the other characters then uh, pointed out to me that the new guy could help them with an extremely lucrative run, which could then turn into funding for the IRA. At this point, I had my character uh, had my character relent, with the caveat that the new guy had one uh, had only one chance to prove he was he was useful. Uh, yes, this was metagaming. However, I felt like this was the best way to resolve the situation. I could have just dug my heels in and not let the elf join the party, or I could have just ignored the fact and played uh, as if my character didn't have a seven point negative quality. Instead, I chose not to betray my character's core concept without derailing the game by being the one guy who didn't go along with the, with, with the plan. My, we came to a compromise that everyone could live with and then went on with the rest of the game as intended. Take this as one example of how to resolve PC conflicts without hand-waving the conflict away or resorting to a rolling dice. With that, I conclude my tale and wish all the hosts good health and good fun. Take a drink! Yar. Nate's got a PS there for me. Oh, P.S. Yeah. <coughs> P.S. Uh, P.S. Uh, speaking of drinking, I found a beer I really enjoy. Yeah. It's called Not Your Father's Root Beer. And this, as the name implies, it is a root beer flavored ale with a 5.9 ABV. Uh, the, the wonder is that, save a slightly alcoholic undertone, it tastes just like root beer. This is a great beverage for those who don't like the bitterness of traditional beers. They're... They've had a real big distribution push lately, so check around your local areas, see if you can try some. You'll not regret it. Actually, that does sound good. That's what I'm drinking. That's what it's he's drinking. All right, let me try it. Super I finished this oh, one okay. just now, but I have more. Uh, it's a, I just wanted to try a sip. Well, oh, you'll have to twist my arm into getting another one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I used to homebrew, and early on, I made a root beer. They, they sold a kit that came with, um, it was made with water and sugar. And they had an extract that was a sarsaparilla extract, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it, it had, um, and I think it used champagne yeast. And it, it ferments very slowly because there's uh-huh. not a lot of nutrients in it. Because right. the. It does taste like an IBC root beer with a slightly yeah. alcoholic undertone. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I've had it, they're too sweet for me. Yeah, fair enough. But they're delicious. I like them because it's a soft drink that gets you hammered. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. We, we made it. Yeast. Yeah, and, and we brew, Bill, This is back when Bill and I were roommates, a long time ago, and we we brewed uh, five gallons of it, which was I don't know six six packs or seven mm-hmm. six packs or something. And then we waited like two weeks, opened a bottle, and tried it. I was just like shit. So I st- stuck it all in a cabinet, and we forgot about it for like a year. Uh huh. Go in, open the cabinet up. 
oh my god, this tastes like root beer. Really? And after like two or three of them, this is really strong. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, this stuff was polished off in a week. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you can you can homebrew it. You can make your own root beer that is alcoholic. This is the uh, stuff that I, I got the pressure sale at Bevmo. I didn't oh, really? really even did that. But I'm in the checkout line. I've got some beer in the cart. Yeah. And the dude at the register has a pile of it right there on the register. I've never seen that before. And he goes, "No, hey, you like beer? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you like root beer? And I was like, sure, root beer's fine, you know, when you Too can't be drinking it. And he's fun. like, you need to get this. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you on commission Aww. now? I like, love <laughs> hearing stories from role players because it's like, you have to get this. Because <laughs> yeah. it totally was. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? And he's like, no, just buy it. It's good. And I'm like. Uh, okay, it it is. Good. I, d- d- I maybe it'll help your numbers or something. I don't know, but sure, I'll take a six pack. And I then I bought it and I loved it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll go get uh, more." I think my wife would enjoy the crap out of that. Actually. Uh, it's yeah. also yeah. now at uh, it's also now at Trader Joe's. It's um, oh, it? oh, okay. if you're not into beer, uh, I'm not a huge cider drinker, but uh, Ace has a seasonal flavor out pineapple that tastes like pineapple soda. Yum. Um, mm. or like a Dole Whip from Disneyland. Dole Whip? Yep. Nothing tastes like Dole Whip. Yep. Outside the Tiki Room. It's special. Yeah, no. it's special. Did you see those people that special kind of hot you room? are in Disneyland? This tastes like a melted Dole Whip. <laughs> Did you see those people that, that like snuck in their whole wedding party and got married in the Tiki Room? No. no. Oh, that's fantastic. Because like, if you want to actually have a wedding in Disneyland, it costs you I a bet. boatload of money. Right. And these people are like, no, we can't that's do that. Awesome. But we that was one of my stuff. ideas for my wedding was to go in there with a bunch of tearaway clothes, have the, like the tuxedo underneath, yeah. just yeah. run in into the gazebo, pff, do it real quick, take some pictures, and run the hell out before security. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> this was this was like the the woman wore just a white dress, like a sundress, mm-hmm. and the the guy wore like a, a white suit. And then the whole wedding party was in suits and stuff, but, you know, people can go to Disneyland wearing whatever sure. they want, really. You just sure. go on Dapper Day. Right, right. but <laughs> they all went in, and they went, and they got in line for the Tiki Room, and then they all had Dole Whip waiting for it, and then Aww. then uh, when the they let everybody in, I guess the guy had gone in and timed how much time there is between when they open the doors to let people in and when the show starts, and it's like eight minutes or something. So they had a, a minister come with them and had practiced getting the ceremony down to like six minutes. So they got into the room, they did the ceremony in front of the fountain in the middle of the tiki room, and two minutes right before the end, they were all sitting down and everything started like normal, and that's they had their sneaky that's Disneyland awesome. wedding, and I was like, that's really awesome. That's awesome. So I, I think he talked about something else besides root beer. He no, did. He's, oh, yeah. He's he about talked about run game. Social yeah. His social role, mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, yep. to, to kind of reiterate... That actually started with an email we got from, what is his name? Aaron Head, uh, who, who, I can't remember the name of his podcast, but he was at a Fear the Con, and he was in a game, and he wanted to use his uh, social skills on another player Uh character. And we talked about it. We talked, we had like a couple episodes we talked about that. And the kind of the, the, the conclusion we came to was... When it comes to player character versus player character, you can't just compel someone to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Unless, it's, unless it's magic or mind control or something like that. If you want to get someone to do some, to convince someone to do something, the best, the, the most a social role would do is stop the game and have that player of the character you're trying to influence give you a tactic that might work. Say, okay, what, 
you know, here's he says the buttons you can push. You know, you're, if you keep you know talking about my um, uh, sense of patriotism, that's not going to work. But if you talk about how you know it's for the good of my child at home, or you know something else, if you give the person who's trying right. to convince you the ammunition they would need to convince you. Right, and it may you might overcome get that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's part of one of the basic challenges of role playing in that uh, your character is going to be capable of doing things that you cannot, and that's right. fundamental to it. So that's why we have skill sets, and that's why we right. have those kind of things to facilitate you being able to take that role. But the great question is, how much of a crutch do you use that as when you're dealing with other player characters, and uh, how do you represent the fact that you're maybe an 18 year old? guy that never really interacts a lot versus being the super slick elf face man and mm-hmm. and how do you represent that in the game and i like the idea of being able to use your skills in a way that sort of backdoors the effect doesn't like strong arm people into into accepting a die roll but mm-hmm. gives people options that's actually a really good idea it seemed uh, we had a, we, we talked about this at length for two or three episodes right yeah. and that really kind of ended up being the sort of the consensus as the best best way to handle that situation i think so too and i think uh it's it's all situational um and you know g is as a friend of ours has just said recently said g is one of the letters in rpg right so you know if you're feeling like i'm not gonna play this hindrance of mine or this particular aspect i'd rather have you guys figure out a way to to you know uh, make us all get along. Well, yeah. And another question is, how much is it the GM's responsibility to, to anticipate these kind of problems mm-hmm. and actually try to put something in ahead of time to make sure that you tackle that up front? I think that's know? a good point because I think that sounds like it was a miss. I, uh, I do agree. And, and, you know, I really never don't know the GM, and there are some sure. sick bastards that like saying, <laughs> let's see how this plays out. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's actually part of the fun of GMing sometimes. But, uh, but if things go completely off yeah. the rails, you should have a contingency plan of being able to go, hey, well, guys. Well, there already was this? a little case study that uh, it wasn't his fault where they lost a. Yeah. But who knows why? I mean, right. but. Well. I played in a Necessary Evil campaign years ago now that uh, was amazing and awesome, but all of us are playing supervillains, and we had another person join the game later, and the way the GM introduced the character, it was, okay, so you're all supervillains, and you found your way into this sewer that has monsters in it, and this mysterious figure appears at the other end of this long sewer tunnel. And we do, you don't know who it is. Sure. You don't know anything about him. You're so what, assume what super, yeah, so, yeah. So a bunch of supervillains are yep. going to start shooting at the guy or doing their magic or whatever. So it ends up in a like a fight between this new player character and the rest of us because that's what we would do. Yeah, unless you have a supervillain like, called you know General Parlay. Right. <laughs> 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 walk yeah, up there and go, wait, guys, let's see if we can hold talk on. This let's out. slow this down. <laughs> and we're like, why did you put him there? Like you could have just had him like call us ahead of time and be like. Hey, I'm going to join you guys in the sewer. Anything One of the would things have that necessitated that not that. Yeah, yeah it, and you can just put your characters in a bad situation yeah. and and w- without any forethought. And the thing about one of the things that makes Shadowrun unique uh, in all of its iterations, and one of the things that really attracted me to the game when I first started playing it back in the day in first edition, was the fact that there are a lot of benefits to being a metahuman in that game. A lot of statistical and mechanical benefits to the point where you're thinking to yourself, why wouldn't I be? A metahuman, but the way the game is written 
and the way that the setting is done, the the underlying racism that exists in that world versus metahumans, especially certain parts of the world, like Japan, does not tolerate any of them. Nobody likes trolls. Nobody likes orcs. Dwarves are barely tolerated, and elves are thought to be haughty, and, and they have their own nations, and they're afraid of them, generally. Mm. So, one of the only real downsides in the game to playing one of these metahuman types was the fact that you were going to face a certain amount of racism and antagonism towards you because of the metatype you were. And if that wasn't really role-played correctly and run correctly in the game, one of the main balancing factors mechanically of the game didn't function correctly. Uh, in this very new uh, edition, there's a thing called lifestyle, which is the rule that they have for how much money you put out just to pay for your apartment, your food, your mm-hmm. gas, whatever. For a troll, you pay double the lifestyle because you can't live in an upstairs apartment because you'll fall through the floor. You <laughs> eat twice as much. You have to have special clothes. You have to have special furniture. Everything about what you do has to be specially made for trolls. So you pay twice as much on a monthly basis just to subsist, which is great to me. So. That totally brings up something, a total tangent again, but I, being extremely busy and not able to sit and actually read books anymore, um, I listen to a lot of stuff from Audible, like audiobooks. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just listened to the first book of a series called Hard Luck Hank. And it's a sci-fi story, but it's basically like Duke Nukem from the old video games as like a indestructible mutant guy but like he's basically super dense so people shoot him and doesn't hurt him bullets bounce off he gets stabbed nothing happens blah 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 but he doesn't have any of the advantages of like extra strength he's just an average dude that's super (laughs) dense so he's slow and he hates going upstairs (laughs) and he eats a lot and he is annoyed all the time and and he's totally portrayed as this guy that's just pissed to be in life, <laughs> the whole the whole book, and it's amazing. It, it was hilarious. Like it's it's totally not a good book in any way, but it's hilarious. Like it just has me laughing. Well, I just started the book? second one. What? It's not a good book. No, I wouldn't call it like a literarily oh, good book. Uh, it's not something you're going to listen to or read and be like, "Oh, that was amazing. It changed my life." Right? No, but you're going to listen to it or read it, and it's like a ten hour listen, mm-hmm. probably like a two hundred page book, and. It was just hilarious the whole way through. Like, he just sort of stumbles from thing to thing, and things go his way sometimes, and things don't go his way sometimes, and it's hilarious. I just started the second one. He found a dead corpse on his porch, like, right outside his apartment, Mm -hmm. and he's like, damn it, I didn't kill that guy. What's he doing on my porch? And he spends, like, the first six chapters trying to get rid of this body on his porch. Basically being Quentin Tarantino from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's like, like, I don't, I don't, what, And then eventually he names it, because he's like, I don't want to go through his corpsey clothes and find out who it is. So he'll be Toby. <laughs> Have you ever read... You, no, you haven't. Um, the Mission Earth series by L. Ron Hubbard? No. no. I read the first five or six books. It's a ten-book series. And the first... And they're big. They're like four or five hundred pages. They're big books. Wow. And the first book... Is the main character? And they're awful. They're terrible books. But the the main character, he's a secret agent for this alien government, and they're going to invade Earth because they need the planet. He spends the first book and maybe part of the second book 
and like the whole thing, covering his ass so no one screws him while he's gone. Really? <laughs> yes. Huh. Sets up dead man huh. switches with blackmail stuff on the people who might screw him. All kinds of shit. The whole book and a little bit of preparation for the mission they're going to wow. be going on. But most of what he does is spend, he spends his time trying to not get screwed while he's away from his office. Well, paranoid. Well, if you're a yeah. spy... I'm coming you know. out in the rain. And that shows... <laughs> the, the, the paranoia of the author, perhaps, maybe right. starts to show... And some other horrible things about the author start to show after a while as you read those. And about the wow. fifth one is when I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they weren't... At times, they were kind of funny. You, you have a little bit of a fascination with the... Oh, LHR there? Yeah. Not really a fascination, but... I've always been fascinated by cults, mm-hmm. and that's what—that's why I started to read it because I'm, I'm certainly not going to read Dianetics, right? But, um, but I wanted to read something by him because you know we go to parties and stuff. And everyone talks about oh, yeah, we're on Hubbard. It's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see if I can read yeah. it. And I, I, I got through five, and then I gave up. But I did get through five of them. That sounds open. Something no, it is because it sounds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> glutton for punishment. Yeah. Yes, well, I didn't finish it, so not that much of a glutton. Just kind of, just a, I have a, I have a punishment disorder. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed that before. <laughs> Minimal game from Sam. From Sam, greetings, exuberant expropriators. expropriators. I've been listening silently ever since season two, back when your backlog wasn't nearly so ominously turgid. Great use. It was still fresh (laughs) and pliant. (laughs) And now it's all hard and dry and it's white. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Like you haven't cleaned up the backyard in too long. It's all ashy. (laughs) I've had nothing to contribute since... Since here in the UK, I've never had the luck to run into a gaming group I've been able to commit to. Oh. However, as a young scout, I have fond memories of a little game we would play to pass the time during hikes. If he's from the UK, does that mean you should be doing the British, retired British Army officer? And he was in the scouts. Yeah. <laughs> that's as close I'm, to an active just, duty military just, person from the UK saying, will ever find. Have, I think that's slang really good for a accents. young person in, in, in English, a young scout. No, I mean, I think, like, he's well, he, talking about how they went on hikes and outside. Yeah, they may have been, yeah. actually yeah. been, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's where scouting, right. I mean, scouting started it in Africa, but, the, with Baden-Powell, but then yeah. England was where he really became a thing, yeah. Right. Um, character sheets were business cards. Dice rolls were the last digit on a, on our digital watch's stopwatch, and we had five stats. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, Champions... That's what champions uses for their randomizer. Oh, you in the take LARP. A, 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 in the LARP, the LARP really? version. Yeah, you cool. stopwatch, and you look at the hundredth second. Yeah, and that's your die roll. Cool, because that's hard to time. Just watch the stopwatches in five sets. Uh, setting tended to stick with vanilla fantasy, with the addendum that every character had an elemental affinity and could manipulate manipulate said element in any imaginative manner befitting our characters. This was the way we avoided bulky spell lists. Nearly all mutable assets, gold, experience, mundane equipment were kept to the vague discretion of the GM. A power player, even as a child, my most prominent character 
was an air-aligned archer who would, could, would manipulate the wind on his arrows to ensure that they met their mark. None of our creations had a great deal of character in their own right, but we had a lot of fun checking off all the entries on the new classic on the classic new gamer error list. <laughs> as far as I recall, the bare bones system had no name, being passed down to us from our elders. That's fascinating. I wonder when this was. Mm-hmm. Do any of you have any particular fondness for specific minimal systems? Have you ever resorted to a similarly straightforward set of me- of mechanics for the sake of beginners or convenience? I suppose any advice on finding and joining worthwhile gaming troops would be appreciated if you have anything that might be applicable here. Uh, most gaming groups, most gaming group sites are fairly barren, and game gaming shops with uh, an internal activity aren't common either. Uh, keep up the podcast and the actual plays, since I've been greatly enjoying both. Best regards and exploding dice to you all. Sam. Uh, minimal. That, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to find out when I this do. is. Did I, Guy Gax and Arneson really invent role-playing games? <laughs> Did no. it come from... Cowboys the, and Indians are the... Well, like, yeah. That, uh, Cops and Robbers, that's the original role, yeah. role-playing game. And but that's the fact that they wrote, uh, wrote down and had little character sheets on business cards. That's fantastic. I, yeah, I, know that's I did something smart. very similar in elementary school. Because uh, my first introduction to any kind of game was there was this one kid that had talked about Dungeons and Dragons, but all of us were like, I don't know what that is. Right. I'm too busy playing Transformers. Um, but then he was like, no, there's this new game I just read about called Rift. <laughs> And no, I mean, legitimately, it was like he just vaguely had the most general idea of what it was about. And as a kid, the, kid, the elevator pitch for riffs is going to be very enticing. Right. Well, and th- that's the thing is, like, we had no idea there was a book. We had no idea that it was like there were rules. It was just him on a bus telling us uh, stuff. Okay. And then we'd be like, I want to do that. And he'd go, okay, well, here's what you find. So I thought it was like choose your own adventure. Right. Kind of a yeah. thing that he uh-huh. was just making up, and we're like, this is cool. And then years later, I found people, and we actually played riffs, and I was like, I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had something very similar when I was a child, and I actually got in trouble for it. Got grounded. Oh, yeah? Uh, because we would be playing Star Wars or whatever Cops and Rivers type of thing that we were doing, and we'd constantly get into the conflict of, no, I did, yes, you, no, you didn't, yes, you did type of thing. So we'd all carry around a deck of cards in our pocket. And when we came to one of those conflicts, we just shuffle them in front of each other and draw one card, and whoever had the highest face card won. And that was the long and the That's short. That's awesome. Of it. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, my friend's father caught on. He was carrying a deck of cards all the time, and I was carrying a deck of cards, and his little brother's carrying a deck of cards. And uh, I, I think apparently they thought we were gambling or doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're trying bones. to hustle people for money doing yeah, like three a card party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't even know where they go. We're like, oh, no, we're just doing it for this. And they found the concept of us using these cards to resolve our little pew-pew battles with our laser guns so ridiculous that they didn't <laughs> accept it. <laughs> like, no one would use a randomizer. No. And the crazy thing about it is that I had a 
the only deck of cards that I had was a Sailor Moon deck of cards that I had gotten at Little Tokyo. <laughs> just because it looked anime-esque. I didn't even know what it was, and I just got it because it was in a 99-cent bin. So here I am, you know, like 14-year-old kid running around in El Monte with a deck of Sailor Moon cards going, I shot you right. in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Mercury uh, says so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, the, I think that seems really cool. I, the kids' imaginations are are, are fantastic. And yeah. the, the, what really strikes me about this is that they got that from their parents, or from the el- yeah, elders, or, yeah, yeah, elders no, scouts, or, or, or elder scouts, or somebody yeah. else. Well, that's I mean, what I was gonna say because that like is amazing to me. That's what makes uh-huh. me w- really want to know when this was. So Sam, well, write us back and tell yeah. us. Yeah. Digi- we're digital watch. So it had there were digital watches. We had yeah. those in late seventies. Late seventies, think Casio. Rolled it out. I think we had digital watches in the seventies. Late, late. It would be late seventies. And I think that the original ones weren't. They weren't. They weren't liquid crystal. They were the LED ones. The battery ran out every five (laughs) minutes. Yes, they were because they were constantly lit up. Yeah, Yeah, I remember. I I actually got one. I don't remember. God, I don't remember how old I was when I had it. It was a little black one. It was. I think it was made by Casio, and it had red LEDs in it. And it had a. The watch band was made out of Velcro. Yeah. Well, Casio was the first company that brought digital watches to America, yeah. Because I remember when my parents got their first calculator. Was it that Texas Instrument block, or was it the Hewlett-Packard one? I think it was Texas Instruments. It was about this big, and it was about that thick. And it plugged in, and it had a rechargeable battery inside of it that lasted for, like... The one I had here had a 9-volt, and it lasted five minutes. Well, this thing would last a little while, but it got to the point where it had went through too many cycles. It wouldn't hold the charge, so you had to keep it plugged in all the time. And again, it had red LEDs on it. And yeah. and, and I think... Um, they still have the paper like, roll? No, no. This is, oh, no, this this is, is all just digital. A, hand oh, cal- okay. a handheld calculator. Uh, and it was... 100 bucks? Oh, yeah, sure. Super expensive. Yeah. My dad had one of those, and it was a scientific one, the tele- uh, Texas Instruments Oof. one. And had that, and I had just watched uh, Attack on Gun Planet Zero, whatever it's called, the Battlestar Galactic episode where they have to take down that giant gun on the ice planet. And one of the timer things, little control things, was this thing with buttons with the red LED display on it. So I'd want to play with it because I'd, I'd be trying to play Ice Planet Zero. <laughs> Your parents <laughs> like, get away from my calculator, man! <laughs> I love the elemental... The whole idea is really right? kind of neat. It's like a I very, know. Uh, you know, if you ever went, read the Codex Hilaria books when Jim Butcher, it automatically yeah. made me think of that. They mm-hmm. all controlled like these elemental theories. That's super cool. <coughs> yeah, really neat. Very Those creative. books actually cracked me up because it was totally a dare for him. Somebody really? dared him like, you can't write a good book about Pokemon. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that guy's books. His yeah, yeah. stuff is fantastic. I've never I've never read anything but the Dresden series. And I adore the Dresden series. I you love should read the Alaria Codex Alaria is fun. Are they? It's really fun. And he's coming out with uh, a new uh, steampunky uh, series now. It's like next month is the first book, yeah. though. Win sales call And he keeps like coming out with something else. It keeps pushing back the next Dresden book. Yeah, it pisses me off. But, yeah, there's some comics and stuff too that I've been using to sort of like ply me while I wait for the next yeah. novel. I think the date got pushed back. It was supposed to be out this year, I think. I think, I think so too. Mo- it got moved. 
All right. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. The only, I never, Cheers. we never t- did anything like this. The only time we would do something like this is when we're playing a game and like, we're, let's go get something to eat. So we go to a pizza parlor or McDonald's or something, and like, just the GM would take some dice with him, and then we would sit and play at the table. Oh, that's cool. And keep, you know, it, or, or we get to a point where we know there's not going to be combat, where everyone doesn't have to have their character sheets and stuff, and we'd all sit down and eat something. And, Continue playing there, and then if it looked like then when we were done, then go back and you could totally do shit. this like a road trip or oh yeah, with your, yeah. like I could see you with in a car kids. with your kids. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That that'd just be awesome. Yeah. Did you see there? There's a somebody's doing a Dresden game at Con. Uh, I think with I want to say Monster of the Week. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Yep. Cool. So that should be cool. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Uh, and just. Yesterday, my kids said, we want to play D&D. Really? Finally. Finally. Um, They're not going to play D&D. They're going to play something, <laughs> play something else. But. With Sailor Moon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, may, I may do Swords and Wizardry. Something that's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Sure. Don't know. Because it cool. is very it's D&D. It's actually a great podcast question. Was like, what games do you recommend for... Your kids, right? Because yeah. we've talked about that a little they, bit. My, my, I, I have no experience to answer that because my kids just finally got interested in it. My Allie picked up a Call of Cthulhu book once two years ago. I'm <laughs> like, like sure. what is that? And, and, no, and she's why like, does I it have pl- so many vaginas? <laughs> <laughs> she I don't think she knew what that word was yet. Um, <laughs> and she she might have been like seven. Oh maybe? wow, might have been three years ago, and. Uh, and she's like, I want to play this. I'm like, okay. Uh, and, and I start narrating a spooky scene in a hallway in a, oh, in a, in a deserted yeah. college. And she's like, yeah. I won't play this anymore. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> where's, okay. where's my princess? You stuck too close show. to the source material, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> she said she wanted to play Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> Once was a very scary princess who didn't get to brush her hair. <laughs> so it looked like tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> That'd if be can, awesome. This is what happens if you don't wash your hair enough. <laughs> you turn into tail Or brush it. And are forced to sleep beneath the ocean. A traveler game, not necessarily, not necessarily. horror story. Yeah. Sergeant Dan from North Carolina, who would like to read this Thank one? you, my friend. I will so read I'll it. take the crazy Swede. I know, with I'm all the words. Grab a cup of coffee I know. Awesome. Okay, hello, Storks, Stu and the Douche Crew. Greetings from Sergeant Dan in Johnston County, North Carolina. I found y'all from Postcards from the Dungeon and Fear the Boot. I haven't, oh, I have even been a guest host on both podcasts. I enjoy your format of listener emails that drive the show. If you ever need the experience of a U.S. Marine that was on active duty for 10 years and a gamer for 35 plus years, let me know. I'm a podcast slut. I can't be a podcast whore as I don't get paid for guest hosting on games. Uh, on gaming podcasts. Good point. This is not necessarily a gaming horror story, but a fun tale nonetheless. Several of us in Raleigh, North Carolina area were gearing up for the Fear the Con 4, which would be our first Fear the Con experience. At this time, our gaming group was playing Mongoose Traveler with a young lad from the, uh, with the nickname of Church as GM. He goes by Churcher on Fear the Boot forums. It was a fun time, and it went on for a month or two until Church developed GM burnout on Traveler and said that he would not GM until he got the chance to play Traveler. 
We were all understanding and amiable to the request. Someone else had a game idea for another system, and we merrily made characters and continued gaming. A bit of time after that, my devious mind began to turn. With uh, Fear the Con 4 coming, I wondered if I could play a fun joke on my good friend, with a bit of help from the Fear the Boot community. I went on the FTB forums and private messaged a couple of dozen people to start a thread in the Fear the Con 4 page that Church was running Traveler at Fear the Con. In a few days, Dan, the main host of uh, Fear the Boot, messaged me back with done and done. On the Fear the Boot forums, uh, as a thread that was called Churcher plus Traveler equal win, the people I private message started to pile on. Then people I did not contact started adding to the thread. It went on for not one, not two, but three pages before I got a two-word text message from Church. Fuck you. (laughs) He was on an IRC chat with other booters when someone said that they saw that he was running Traveler at Fear the Con. He posted he would run it, but I had no choice but to play in it and make pregens for him. To his credit and good nature, he did run a great game for 12 people that included elements that people posted on the thread that was still going on. We had a ground battle, psionics, a floating atmospheric crystal, and a space pope. It was awesome. Hope you enjoyed the story. Keep up the fun and good work. Sergeant Dan Krensky, USMC. Ex-Sergeant uh, ex Dan, USMC, on Happy Jack's forum. P.S., because there needs to be one. P.P.S., take a drink. Ah! I know, Dave's taking all the drinks for us. P.P.P.S., <laughs> if you are feeling bad, down and out, go to church. He's running a traveler at DrewCon 2016 in St. Louis and Fear the Con 9 when that starts again. I wonder if that's a practical joke. That's exactly the message I was like, all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> We're running all over the place. People travelers. want a plane ticket. Yeah. Just play your game, so you better run it. Uh, <laughs> better do it, dude. That would be awesome. That's pretty funny. That's, that's a great prank. That's a good joke. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. Uh, then again, you know, oh, it's like, it, it goes into the whole thing about you know people that feel put upon by constantly jamming all the time. Yeah, and I, I, I totally feel that pain a lot. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. I like jamming all the time. No, I mean I'm a control freak though. I, 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 I understand the the burnout. Yeah. Where you're like, no, I, I just, I'd really like <clears throat> to just play a game. I think. Like, I, I'd like to have a Tuesday where I could just show up at somebody's house and be like, cool, I'm going to drink some beers and play a cool character. Right. But, I think there's this spectrum because I definitely think Mook's like that. Like, you yeah. are, Stu. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he enjoys running like a thousand times more than playing. Oh, yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I'm playing in one game right now, which is Bill's Traveler game. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a blast. Cool. I, I very much love playing in it. Um, but, I mean,. It, Give, given the choice between playing and jamming, I'd always prefer jamming. Always, I'm gonna. I'm just starting my second campaign right now. N- tomorrow we're gonna have character gen for the for the vampire game. That's really, yeah. I love both, yeah. and that's why you know I I, yeah. I I I will jam all the time, and it's not a problem. But I I do love to play, and one of the reasons why I started going to this con primarily is because it got me an opportunity to get a lot of play time in oh, very yeah. con- condensed space. That's true. Uh, and you without, scratch that itch. Yeah, and I could do both. I'll mm-hmm. run two games, I'll get my badge, and then the rest of the weekend I can prance around and play whatever the heck I want, which made me very happy. Yeah, I, 
I use the the con as my chance to play games that I don't get a chance right. to play. Yep. Be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I don't know anybody in the world that is running this game, so Me here too. I am. That kind of thing. So, <clears throat> I guess it's my turn with an email from Simon in Sweden. We got a lot of Swedish listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I chased away all of the uh, uh, Australian listeners with my accent. Did right. you? Yeah, I think. And I, the white tangy day it. jokes. And, well, that, that's New Zealand because that's what offended them. They were like. <laughs> I can't stand those kiwis. <laughs> I did that and they heard I was a fan of Flight of the Concords. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I love that. Now show. I'll try this because <clears throat> this Simon decides to use lots of Swedish words. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah, I don't actually does. speak Swedish. But at least at he gives all. you a guide on how he to pronounce the umlauts with, with some of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not every word. Not yeah. all of them. Uh, hello, you skits. Stivlar? Skitstivlar? Stovlar. Stovlar? Because it's EA in learning, so er, Skitstivlar? See, this is why I didn't want to read that one. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) uh, good, close enough. Um, Simon Erlinson from Boros in Sweden here. Um, Yeah, in the south of Sweden. Did you look that up? Uh, Actually, I was kind of aware of it because I had friends... In John Coping, which is not far from there, um, that worked for a toilet paper manufacturer. <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs> I know people in Sweden that worked for a toilet paper yeah. manufacturer. Well, you know, that's one of the whitest way. things I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look, there's John from Sweden in there, in the chat room. Hi, John. Yeah. So you can... Be sad as I slaughter your language as we continue. Oh. Um, Skitstivlar. Vlar. Skitstivlar. Yeah, that's the Skitstivlar. word. Skitstivlar. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of my next gnome character. That's what I mean. Skitstivlar. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, the He's A is honest. pronounced like yeah. the A in all. Oh, in Boros. Boros. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm Jonas Larson's friend. Yes, we've heard from him. The dry historian who wasn't allowed to ram a sword up the arse of a troll. <laughs> if you remember that story. Anyways, I'm currently listening to the backlog. No, not all of it. <laughs> now, here's another good one. Uh, you repand old Rikande Getherdar, which I looked up because I needed to know what this said, and it was you belching beer-drinking goat herds. <laughs> That's what it translates to. Um, so, yeah. When, that, when the chat catches up. Did you put that up. in the edit? I did, yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I, I saw that. I was like, that. what does that mean? I don't even know. <laughs> I need to know what somebody calls me. Um, not that I'd be offended, but more... Uh, I tried to look up Skitslavar, but... Oh, 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 John from Sweden just helped us. Skitslavar means shit boot. <laughs> <laughs> like a they have a special boot for that? Like, is it a boot that you shit in, culture. or is it a boot that you stepped in shit with? I'll, I'm, I'll bet you it's the boots you use when you go out to your llama farm. Because they have a lot of llamas? I don't know. Shit <laughs> <laughs> Reindeer, <laughs> maybe. Reindeer, yeah, elk. Yeah, yeah the elk pen. The elk when you need to clean it out, yeah, those yeah. are the boots you probably wear when you're cleaning it out. So or is this a boot you keep nearby in case the snow is so bad? Heavy, like you the, can't get out to the just outhouse. Just go on Google Translate, like, uh, elk shit repellent, and just put it over a boot <laughs> on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like like that never wet stuff, but for shit. Right. <laughs> never at, shit. At least it doesn't mean fuck you in the healthy brain, or whatever that other thing was. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and I'm enjoying myself immensely. You have a good thing rolling here. But let me start from the beginning, so you know what context I am from. When I was 15, my little brother bought a chart-heavy and very crunchy role-playing game called Eon. Uh, It's a very realistic fantasy game. Uh, He just wanted to play and needed a GM, so he dumped the whole thing on me (laughs) and asked me to read and run it for him and his friend. I've been a GM ever since, and the first time I ever really got to sit down as a player was in high school when I met Jonas and he introduced me to GURPS. I love GURPS, and I stayed with that system for many, many years. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, A couple of years ago, I tried out a Swedish system called Noir. That's cool. Um, It's a system built for creating hard-boiled film noir-style stories and has some really cool mechanics for doing so. Since you can't very well do a Google Translate on the whole book, even if I should send you a copy, I would like to share some of the techniques that are interwoven in the noir system and that I still use even if I'm currently not running a noir game. Instead, I'm running a homebrew Savage World setting that is sort of Tudor England gone steampunk with court intrigues a la Game of Thrones. It's, it's like a list of internet hot, uh, yeah, hot, 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 te- yeah, hot right. yep. terms. Yeah. Uh, technique the first. In GURPS and many other systems, you can buy contacts during character creation. Noir has a different approach. Every player has to make three NPCs that exist in the character's life in some way. You then get points to put uh, on these NPCs' power uh, in their area of expertise and what they think of your character. You get a limited amount of points to spend on all three, so if you decide that your character knows an old army officer, a bartender, and a shopkeeper, he can't be friendly with all three, or uh, their web of contacts and ability to help will be useless. See, that's kind of neat. I like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to have a really good relationship with the army officer and you want him to be able to call in some favors for you, then you have to set the other two at to dislike you. Um, uh, the way I do that in Savage Worlds is I require all my players to give me at least three NPCs I can mess with. One good relationship, one neutral, and one disliking. That's a kind like of neat idea. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of the Shadowrun contact system to me, too. Oh, is it? Because mm-hmm. you have two stats only for your contacts, and you have to have some. And one is loyalty, and one is... Uh, is effectiveness. So how much the ploy they have in their circle, how much mm-hmm. information they can give you, and the other one is how much they like you. And you have to spend points on one or the other. So you can have somebody that barely even likes you but has great contacts, or somebody that really loves you and have, or somebody that's middling. So it's like a, a balance between those two things with each contact? With each contact. Okay. And because the game is an investigation game, so you have to have contacts. And you start with a number of points equal to your charisma okay. to spend on that. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. That's cool. I, yeah. Uh, Technique the second. NPCs are plot hooks. Uh, Make a mind map with the NPCs, player NPCs, and the bad guys. Make sure the player NPCs are connected to the story. Uh, Maybe one of the PCs has a contact that's a boxing manager. He can be the guy recruiting bodyguards for the mobster that the party's going after. Or maybe the character with connection to the old army officer is a journalist that is hoping to uh, unravel a mob affair with ties to the military. Uh, maybe the mobsters get to steal guns without anyone interfering. Uh, the army officer may be pushed to silence his friend, the journalist. Uh, this is a great way to make the story very personal, but it does not work if the player feels he or she has total ownership of the P- NPC. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what are your takes on this? I will refrain from writing a really long email and will be sending you a gaming horror story later on instead. Yay! Excellent. Uh, all the best, Simon <laughs> from Sweden. P.S. Shimei. Uh, for 
Javulin? DJ uh, A with an umlaut V-U-L-E-N. Um, and the A is pronounced as, ja. as in Sam. Sam. Ja. So Javulin. Javulin. PPS, Marid Sioux. Uh, those are beers, I believe. Well, well, Chimay. Chimay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. that. Yeah, no, and Mardzu. Is it? Yeah. I've had it at the Lucky Baldwin's, and I, they sell it at uh, Total Wine. Are they Swedish? No, no. Chimay's not Swedish. No, it's Belgian. Belgian. Right. It's not like it's that far. No, I don't think they're Swedish. I think they're just, yeah. Well, Belgian trappers. Beers from Central yeah. Northern Europe is not far away from Sweden. Well, yeah. Nah. It's like, body it's like oh my god, you drank a beer from Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> How did you get it? Well, I boarded my longship in a drag. <laughs> <laughs> I rode upriver. <laughs> and we rode down. We raided a few cities on the way. <laughs> or like, decided to vacation. Where on Bruges. earth did you find Tecate? <laughs> or as my friend Eli Vasquez calls it, Tecate. Tecate. <laughs> Worst Mexican ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I like that contacts idea, though. I think yeah, you that's use that in cool. Any game, just any be game. like, here, cool. Yeah. So I you like made your character now. Here's some, give me some people that matter. Yeah, I really like exactly. the idea of uh, having players fill the, the oh. NPC roster a little bit with people. That mm-hmm. Here, here. Let me say it again for well, John. I'll, I'll type it in. Oh, D- Stu's going to type it. DJ. A with an umlaut V U L E N. Oh, hold on. Javulin? Javulin. DJ. Oh, that's not there. Damn it. DJ A. V U L E N. Jaw. And I don't know how to make an umlaut over a letter. Well, there's like it's a It's easier to do command. on a phone. It, it is. is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not on yeah, this. Crazy. Devil. It means devil? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, maybe. But this kind of thing always... I, I put no umlaut. I just put it in oh, a little okay. translator. That sort of gets me is all the games that have a oh. sort of a world-building aspect to them mm-hmm. usually have mm-hmm. a very similar aspect where players are either asked to either come up with a place that's important to them or NPCs that are important to them. And mm-hmm. it really is great for creating a very intimate setting and giving the GM a whole huge toolbox of things to do right. for the hey, players that will bring them in personally. And that's always been a great... Thing. I mean, one of the first games I read that that, that uh, was uh, Strands of Fate. Uh, was it Spirit or was it Dresden Files? It's one of those where, where in part of the world building, people were forced to come up with certain amount of settings for your... Uh, locations for your setting and, and the NPCs within those locations. Mm-hmm. And I always found that to be great. <clears throat> and the, the game I'm running tomorrow, I have a list of questions for the players. And one of the questions is n- name... Uh, a, one of the kindred that you've had a run-in with in the past, who it mm-hmm. is, you know, in the area that where the game's going to be taking place, and and one that you either respect or fear, because they're predators, so it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't really like anyone. Maybe who knows? Uh, and then I also uh, on the island where the game starts, uh, there's a large city there, like a resort city, and uh, there. It, it, you know, name a place. Give me the names of two places you hang out at night. Oh, cool! Businesses, yeah. it could be a bar, a nightclub, yep. a whatever. Um, and you know, if you, and if they have the what do they call it? Resources. The resources. Yeah, resources. Yeah. Background. Yeah. If you have the uh, resources, enough resources, maybe you own that or. Got it. 
But I, I wanted to. I'm going to kind of have the players help flesh out their hunting ground when the, as the game starts. So, a lot of times when I'm uh, starting up a game, I like to have characters figure out what they do when they're not in the limelight, when they're not actually progressing in whatever Shadowrun or Werewolfy or whatever goal you have. What do you do on a regular basis? What are your hobbies? Where do you like to go visit? You know, are you an avid reader? You hang out at the library. What do you do? It, it makes people think about the character in a, mm-hmm. in a far more normal and regular setting mm-hmm. and gives and ends up giving them a little bit more depth to the character because mm-hmm. they'll be able to figure out motivations a little bit better because they know what their likes and dislikes are. And I think that's one of the things that really develops when you have a system like that that makes you come up with things that are outside of your character and how they relate to the world. Definitely. I, I think you can do it even if it's beyond system, though. That oh, yeah. co- collaborative world building makes it easier on you uh, as a GM, but also makes it more meaningful for each of the players because they've contributed it and uh, those different areas or people have meaning to them in a different er- right. uh, way. Yeah. Well, it's like we had, a, was it last week or two weeks ago, we had someone email us uh, who was doing something like that, asking the players for the names of establishments, and they accused him of being a lazy GM. That was last week. <laughs> that I was listening to that episode. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's much easier to just sit down and just come up with a bunch of random names. It, it's real easy. Right. It, it, it's it's more work as a GM to integrate mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff from yeah. the players into whatever idea you have in your head. But I think it makes it more interesting. For sure. I hope it's it better does. for the player. I think so. I, I wouldn't really think, so. think yeah. that it's that yeah. much better for the GM because really I can come up with whatever. It's not a big deal. If you're a GM, probably creativity is right. not really your challenge. But right. it really makes it better for the player because they have a more personal investment in what's going on. They feel personally attached to the plot because their NPC is being utilized. I think so. I, I think it's just way better for the player from a player standpoint. Yeah. So apparently that's curse word. Yes. Yeah. Javulin means... Jevelin means devil, and then that that's a, that's Jevlar the plural is multiple devils, the devils and a curse word. I think perhaps like, he was implying that, that like Shimei is the devil. Oh, maybe. Like Shimei, the devil drink. <laughs> oh, maybe that's a variety. No, which isn't. No, did you look it up? No, I know Shimei has colors. They make blue, oh, red, white. Okay. Those well, are is the red one called Devzim then? No, okay. it's just called red. <laughs> red. <laughs> All right, it's like Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> yeah. okay. It's not like Johnny Walker, the man in black at the crossroads. It's named, <laughs> named Pete, who likes cabbage. <laughs> uh, is it back to Jim? Achievement unlocked. Oh, sure. Complete yeah. plus a request for input. Okay, achievement unlocked. Backlog complete plus a request for input from uh, Wessel Creature. Weasel. 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 Where are your nuclear vessels? Where are your nuclear vessels? I'm channeling Chekhov. That's fantastic. (laughs) The best part about that is that cop was just a San Francisco cop. Was it really? They filmed it out of the side of a panel van. No kidding. Yeah. So it was in the 80s, a guy with a Russian accent and a random woman come up to a cop on the street and go, where are your nuclear vessels? And the guy's like... That's awesome. That's funny. Because that entire scene to me seemed like just man on the street type of Jay Leno bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) the entire thing, and then totally was like, I had no idea. Try like they thought it was funny, and they went with it. And then afterwards, they're like, Oh no, no, it's just a movie. Here, sign this paper. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, could, you could be on movie too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'll try my best. Slant? Slant? Slantia. Slantia. To Stu and the Brew Crew. Cheers. With umlauts. With umlauts? Yeah, yeah everything's an umlaut. I'm going to change our like logo, put umlauts over there. That'd be awesome. Ooh. Be like Motley oh, Crue, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Spinal Tap. Yeah. Over the over the consonants. Yeah, put it like yeah, over well, the J. We did bring the role playing up to 11. So. <laughs> Uh, I have completed the backlog, he says in all caps. I started January of this year and have powered through its entirety. Eight wow. months. That's 200 some episodes. Kind of impressive. Now I feel like the, That's more the than one of a human centipede. And let me tell you, it's the worst spot of a human centipede because at the very <laughs> least, everyone else is getting a rim job. <laughs> you know <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I, That's what I've always said. If I had to pick a spot in the human centipede, obviously you pick number one. Well, number one. Right, exactly. that's the best spot. The but if you don't get that, because then you know, you're getting a rim job. Maybe you're slow, slower. All you're doing, I'll is still be number shit. two because then I still get to shit in somebody's mouth. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> at least I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Misery loves Ooh, company and Jack the human centipede. I suppose. Made a happy jacks with umlauts. Uh, thanks for the entertainment <laughs> and advice. While I have been an active player for a few decades, your crew's enthusiasm and advice have really energized the, G- the GM inside of me, and I actually enjoy and look forward to running the game that I've got going. Woo! Now to my question, but have a drink first. No, okay! <laughs> you opening a Dave. new one? What else do you have in there? Yeah. It's almost noon. In fact, it's 12.03. Ruthless Rye. Oh, can I have that? Thank you. I got a well, I'll continue stout. while you're going up. I'll take the old meal stout. What the heck? I love stouts. Awesome. I do have a bottle opener. Uh, I drove to San Jose from the LBC this past weekend, which is when I finished the backlog. For a family-oriented conference, uh, many of, of the teens in this community are into RPGs, and the idea of running a one-shot for parents who game popped into my head. Then my mind went even further. A lot of these parents may not know anything about the, uh, about RPGs, and some may be dubious. So I'm going to submit a, to- a talk, a parent's guide to RPGs. The uh, goal of my talk is to familiarize parents with the hobby in a way that will help them facilitate the child's interest and or get the parents to try gaming themselves. So I need input on things I should cover. So far, I am thinking uh, of first in the list, the creative and imaginative benefits of RPGs, how a parent can help their child find a gaming group appropriate to the kid's behavior and play style. Basic play styles, munkins to thespians. Uh, uh, the variety of available games, crunchy to hippie, fantasy to sci-fi, realistic to fantastic. How armor class sucks and armor soak is better, just in case Stu showed up. <laughs> Uh, after the talk, I'm going to offer to run an aforementioned one-shot for anyone interested, preferably noobs. Uh, we had an unofficial dad's roundtable, which involved a good amount of beer, and I floated the idea to them. And uh, of the 12 in attendance, only three, myself included, had done any RPGing, and some of the others expressed interest in seeing the talk happen. If you jackers have any input, I'd love to hear it. Thanks, drink, and keep up the good work. Uh, Weasel Creature, a.k.a. Brian... Uh, P.S. Slantia Bryden Bod Maur Angus Bas N. Arian. To the health of of the salmon, a large penis, and death in Ireland. Okay. okay. Fantastic uh, idea. It is. I, there, there is a... Uh, what Cheers is the name Brian of that? Bodhana? What is the name of that organization? Let me see if I can find it. 
There's an or, there is an organization that is using role playing games for uh, like therapeutic stuff, and it might be when you're start talking about people, parents having misgivings and stuff like that, you might be able to <clears throat> kind of maybe boost the credibility of it a little bit by talking about that kind of stuff and providing references for it. That would be a suggestion. I'd have to I'll try to find the name of the place if someone else was talking. Those are good topics so I, far. Those are fantastic topics yeah. so far. Um, Dave and I are trying to multitask. I would also. I would also. You guys are trying to register while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. it's my just re- afternoon, and I'm already out of two of the games I really wanted. I got two. My register. <laughs> my registration doesn't work. Unless so it, let I'm me angry. See. It, if it doesn't work, let me know right now. I can actually fix that on my phone. Uh, Concrete uh, reg. Yeah, it, it's saying it. Happens. I'm hey. just so happy that there's an unregister button now. <laughs> yeah. Because the one time I accidentally registered for my own game, I felt like such a doob trying to like email in and be like, I was trying to click description, but I hit register like an idiot. Uh, Bodhana Group. B-O-D-H-A-N-A Group. Uh-huh. And Group.org. And they're, they're, one of the first links on there is therapeutic gaming. So that that's... Something to maybe bring up to parents who have misgivings, because you might get some of the, uh, there might be some leftover uh, social panic. The Remember the uh, D&D is the devil? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, 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 that sentiment is probably still out there to one extent or another. Well, yeah, and I think if you can sell it uh, truthfully as a way to have kids be able to use their creativity and their imagination, but also have some, the structure of mechanics. It's like math. Right. And, you know, we've heard this in letter after letter about how, uh, you know, kids are more excited about reading and researching things when they're, uh, into role playing, um, different genres so that Mm -hmm. they can learn. Yeah. Also, I would definitely put something in there, uh, about just having a panel where you're just open to um, discussing misge- uh, discussing misconceptions about role playing and and having people ask yeah questions and go well I heard this so you can actually just directly address any concerns that people might have also via the the misgivings people might have on the violence inherent in a lot of the games because a lot of these things are sort of combat oriented and some people might have a misgivings with that. Uh, uh, I would also go into, you know, uh, perhaps, I think he mentioned that, like, age-appropriate games and having uh, certain materials available for that kind of stuff for people to peruse. I think it'd be very, if you had, like, startup, like, printouts of the startup rules for games that are relatively kid-friendly out and available for parents to peruse mm-hmm. so they can get an idea of what the actual real text is like and what the message they're trying to portray and what kind of images are there, a lot of people would be a little bit more reticent to access that kind of material yeah but that's a brilliant idea that's something I that i so might too. actually steal for con oh that, yeah, be, yeah. That'd be a really good idea <clears throat> although uh, any any parents that are there probably aren't the people you need to be talking to yeah but i think that uh it's more of a cross-genre thing i think that a lot of parents that like to role play have their kids role playing and maybe they drop them off in the board game room or whatever but just talk about the game industry in general and the opportunities that are available for children. We're really trying to get this kids track off the ground, and we're having some trouble doing that. And I'm thinking maybe a directed seminar that might actually instruct people about what kind of kid-friendly games we have available, oh, yeah. what, what the benefits are, and uh, what the kid tracks is about, and have people that might be interested in just knowing about it come in and talk about it. I think that'd be a great idea. Mm-hmm. It is a good idea. 
trying to think what other you know what my hat's off to that guy that is that is a true community builder and Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of people that we that i love to see uh active in the hobby i i've long felt that we would be well served as a podcast by looking at opportunities to do small panels at some of the big not just game conventions yeah like Uh anime expo and WonderCon, uh, WonderCon, Comic Con in San Diego. You know, I may yep. be speaking out of uh, turn here, but we are in works of trying to get a uh, a WonderCon spot to run games in as a sort of like this is what's available at Strategicon. Oh, really? That would be really smart. Uh, we're, we're it's not nothing solid, and you know, don't don't completely of depend course. on that happening. But there 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 are some really serious talks about getting that rolling, which, which are great. Cool. Uh, next email. Oh, horror story! Gaming horror story from John. Yeah. Do you want it to or go ahead? I just got fixed. Do you, you want to read it? You get, no, sir. <laughs> you should. Okay. I think you should. Uh, gaming horror story from John. Happy Jackers! So here's a gaming <laughs> horror story. Horror story for horror story. Good news. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Uh, Two weeks after moving into a very small, very cheap apartment in our somewhat questionable area of town, my wife and I hosted our regular Shadowrun game, with me GMing. One of our friends had to leave around 11 p.m. to pick up his roommate, a weekly occurrence we were all aware of. Uh, He usually did this and would return to finish up the game. Good on you for running a game that goes late enough that a guy that leaves at 11 can make it back to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he had just left, and we were beginning to roll for initiative for one of Shadowrun's notoriously long combats. Okay. Uh, my GMing style has me standing up quite a bit, and I was at that time. I hear some noise from outside and think, that sounds like fireworks. Plaster from the wall behind me brushes my ear, and I shout, hit the deck! We all drop to the floor as several more pops sound out. I call 911, and somebody else calls our friend to tell him not to come back over. The cops eventually show up. We discover just what happened. A couple of guys in a gang had just done a drive-by of our apartment building in an attempt to get one of the rival members. Should have not been playing an elf. <laughs> um, Should have had that the, run against uh, Mitsuhama, I'm telling yeah, you. Right the, uh, the bullets went through the glass of the front of our building, went upward through the walls into our apartment on the top floor in the back. A bullet went through the wall about two inches from my head, flew past my ear, and lodged in the upper wall across from us. Yeah, it's not a good time. <laughs> not a good time. Uh, it turns out the gang members had the wrong apartment building. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, gang members are known for never making mistakes. Um, uh, and the guy they were trying to find was in the hospital for being shot and a car accident earlier that day. They were arrested. Good. Uh, thankfully, nobody in the apartment building was injured. Even better. Uh, we do not live there anymore. <laughs> 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 Did you get your deposit back is the question. Yeah. Or did they stick it to you for repairing the wall? I don't um, hear any act of God bullshit on this. <laughs> right. Have any of you had any similar gaming experiences? John Manis from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, P.S. Hit the deck and drink. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Whew. Uh, no, I've never actually been physically shot at while gaming. What an incredibly appropriate game for that right. kind of yeah, thing yeah. to happen. Uh, we, had, we had a shooting at the D&D 4th Edition game. Yeah. Didn't I wasn't here for that. Wasn't no. one of the first podcasts, like, they had blocked off streets mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Uh, um, 
Well, it was we were playing fourth edition D anD D. We were yeah. playing in the backyard. Uh-huh. It was in there during the summer. And this is back when we had like a hundred eleven players. players or something. And uh, we heard gunshots, and they, it sounded farther away than it was, but it was just across the street. Oh, it was across the street, down two doors. And there was a back house, and there was guys that were apparently selling drugs, and there was some kind of a, some kind of deal went wrong, and they t- took shots at someone. A guy car drove off, um, and when. We heard the gunshots and didn't really think anything of it. And then we went, uh, when people started to leave at one thirty in the morning or right. whatever it was, they they walk outside and there's already tape up and down the street. And they're like, oh no, you can't take your car anywhere. No, this is a crime scene. Oh <laughs> I'm like, God. shit. A couple of people spent the night here. Uh, a couple of people called someone to have them take them home. But yeah, it was a, it was a mess. Yeah, I don't think so I that's remember. one of two shootings we've had on the street. I've, I've had really fights, like pretty vicious fights, break out tangent to our game, but I've never had gunshots fire. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember a time where I was playing with uh, a bunch of friends of mine. Actually, they're also friends with uh, Matt Cadwallader, which I believe you guys. Oh yeah, okay. uh, and. Uh, Long story short, the guy comes in and he keeps harassing uh, the gaming group because he had issue with one of the guys that was playing in it, and he and his girlfriend kept coming back to the apartment two or three times. So finally, my friend Steve, who's like six, seven, three hundred pounds, just had enough of it. And mm-hmm. when I have eaten men for less, said those words <laughs> in a bellow. I have eaten men oh. for less, and begins to pick him up and throw him against the floor and start beating the snot out of him, and then picks him up by the back of the head and goes to the guy that he was abusing going renounce your god he is now your god <laughs> call him your god now oh, <laughs> this is a mormon kid like, renounce your god he is your god now you get it <laughs> that was the most violent thing I've that's ever only doing. something a role player would say <laughs> and be, renounce your god i was like oh, that's pretty intense dude Violence you're going right it. after his soul yeah. <laughs> not only did i beat you i'm going to fuck up your chances in heaven <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm gonna beat you so hard it's gonna follow you to the next life exactly <laughs> that's brilliant well i got i got in a fake game so did you yeah which one sunday at two i don't know i don't i just it was the only one available is that the dressing room Oh, good. You so you could pre-reg because I saw your badge on my badge list, and it was confirmed. For some, some it wouldn't. It, it was taking me to the page to pay, and then it oh, then it stopped doing that for uh, some reason. Okay. So, but it's working now. I blame it on the Yay. Apple product. On the who? I blame it on the Apple product. Uh, on the on the on this, it could be. It might be because I had to log in again for some reason. Mm. I did it on the iPad. I'm just excited. My game's full. Uh, when does your game full? not fill? No, I. Every once in a while, we'll get to like five. Well, Sometimes there was that one where like we put all of the Happy Jacks games yeah. at the same hour because that's what we all put down like right. idiots. And I was like, well, that we've diluted our power. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, there's only two people that pre-register oh, for our game. The pool of people that like us has a limit. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not an unlimited ocean of people that love me. Okay, it's kind of disappointing. I'm pretty excited. They just sure. haven't met me yet. That's all. <laughs> I'm just no to love you. I got in a couple of good games, so I'm I'm okay. There, yeah. I was disappointed because I didn't stuff. get into the the Mook game on Friday. That's been my tradition. Oh, uh, there's still there's still room in mine. I d- do on Friday? Monday, do on Monday morning, Saturday. dude. He does want well, I, I got well. into the Mook's game Saturday morning. Oh, you got the Saturday then? Cool. Yeah. 
By so, the way, but, Mook is just fantastic. I love him to bits. Yep. Yeah, Mook.net is fan is a great it's, resource. Uh, that's been great. my like the past four cons. But I get there Friday I, afternoon and I'm like yeah. two o'clock. Mook always runs a game. I just love how he bookends it's things. It's great because uh-huh. it, it, and and he's usually my only real reliable thing on Monday. That's an anchor. I know there's going to be some interest in something going on. I just yep. pack up and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, super. He's super great. That's right. Uh, my Monday Justice game on Sunday is full, but the Saturday one is not. Right. What time were you? You were nine on nine Saturday? Nine on both days. Those yeah. Are, yeah, that was tricky. There were lots of... There was lots of yeah. stuff on nine on... That's why It'll I fall. specifically oh, yeah. asked to move yeah. ours, because I was like, we've done it again. Well, the thing is, before pre-reg opens, I'll move whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. My only issue is, after pre-reg, if you already have pre-regs up, I yeah. will not move your game. You can't. Yeah, that's right. Because cool. I'm not going to screw over yeah. people that are excited about playing your game. Because people come on this website, and they plan their entire weekend beginning to end. Oh, for sure. Oh, sure. On this pre-reg yep. list. Yeah, sure. You know, so that, that's always what I tell the GMs is, look, I don't have a problem making time changes or whatever, but... After pre-reg opens, and especially if you already have a pre-reg, yeah. I am not making any change other than maybe some, you know, I misspelled the, or whatever dumb thing they have on there. Tah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also sad, because I was going to try and get into Kimmy's game, because I've never played Wild Talents. Oh, yeah. I try, and, I try and aim, yeah, it was full yeah. by the time yeah. I got there. Are you kidding me, man? It's kind of like Ticketmaster up in here sometimes with your guys' <laughs> games. It's no, it isn't. Then do you ever watch Twitter after? Yeah. Like... B- bananas rage. Twitter yeah. no it's like I got in this what'd you get in whose games are you in what are you playing I, I had the weird experience of like people that were angry about it like oh, they couldn't get in I was game? at the bar like before we moved to the new hotel so it was the old bar at the Sheraton and I got there early and there were a couple of people like man those fucking Happy Jacks games man they're not cool they're always full by the time I get here oh, that's like, the thing that I wanted to actually yeah. ask you guys yeah, the, the policy that we've pre-reg. had with you guys is full pre-reg which means that your games will fill up online right. and I have to do a special little MacGuffin on the website right. to make that happen that freaks people out yeah it freaks people out that I always get questions of but uh, the, pol- the reason why we have the policy as it stands is only 50% pre-reg and that gives everybody that walks in the yep. door the opportunity to sign up for a game right uh, I think that's actually somewhat fair, and mm-hmm. I understand why you guys do it that way. But I just wanted to know what would do you guys really want to continue that on at Infinitum, or would you like to try a con where you just follow that policy and see what kind of walk-ins you guys get and what kind of fistfights start I, the, the the reason we did it originally was to so that listeners who are going to come to the con can be in. In in one of our games, that was why, and because I, I think we tried we, it. We did have the like, first at the very beginning. We had a lot of people that came just for one day, like yeah. on Saturday, and by the time they got there, they couldn't get into any of the games that we were running because all of the pre reg was already full. Right. Well, and people like Friday, they get there and they're like, "Ooh, quick to the notebooks!" Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. People ask when are the notebooks come out, and I go, "The notebooks come out at noon on the dot," and I actually have an alarm set. <laughs> and I have the binders locked in a cabinet, and at <laughs> noon they are brought out. I have uh, two, two altar boys. Come I have two altar boys with censers and holy water. <laughs> <laughs> and I put them out. It's a holy ceremony. I, I do breasticles, testicles, right. you know, keys and yeah. watch, and then boom, it's out. And there are already people sort of like oh, yeah, doing no, the pee pee dance. Oh yeah, there's always like in front of the we're table like going sharks. Yeah, it's like it's sharks. Amazing. I've been there so a that's, times. So that part's not going to be in the basement anymore. No. 
no, uh, no, no. it's all going to be upstairs. I, okay. I am going to have some space in the basement because I ended up taking over the uh, the social games like Werewolf and Two Rooms in a Boom and stuff like that. And I plan on using those rooms down there for those all-nighter type games because they can just wreck that place and we can fix it up. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all going to be up on the second floor right next to registration. As if you face registration, it's to your left. First room, and it keeps on switching around, uh, so around the back. Like and you and the notebooks will be off to the will left. Will be off to the left, right okay. at next registration. Uh, actually, if you go directly across the way from where the Happy Jacks podcast is, across from the lobby into the room in the big like room on the other side across, of that, that's where that's where the open. HQ is. Exactly. Okay. Um, oh, oh is, is that where the podcast is going to be again this year? Yeah, yeah from what I understand. Unless yeah. it unless it, unless fire. there's flooding. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> is that why we moved? The lightning, no, there, was, yeah. there was flooding in there. The pipes burst, burst inside in that room. There was mold all over the walls. Really? Which is why we couldn't put anybody in there. No kidding. Yeah. That's why we had the crazy, like, murder dance studio. Yeah, the right. gymnasium downstairs. <laughs> it was like it was crazy. <laughs> creepy, mirrored walls. Yeah. Right. Odd room. The vomitorium downstairs, <laughs> I like to call it. But it almost got that way. Yeah. Too, <laughs> the way that <laughs> Vinique that, stuff. That, that, I don't oh, know, it'll you know, be yeah. worse this time. It might oh, be. I, I am bringing something for you guys to drink. I found this Mayan honey liqueur. Mm, uh, that's that's really super obscure. It has sort of like an anise thing to it, but also has the honey wow. undertones. But that's right. going to be really better than what weird tasting. Yeah. It's, I've never had. I bought two like bottles. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I want to make sure one for the plenty. kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> take your no, medicine. I, I like the idea of somebody being able to walk in there. The the thing is, you're we can try it at the next one. I, I have no problem doing I'd, that. I'd, or, or maybe just choose a few that you want to do that. I, because I think it's kind of unfair to a lot of people that maybe don't listen to the podcast or maybe are just sort of new RP attendees to the, to the con. Because I don't know if you've known this, man. We're reaching 2,000 every single yeah. con. It's no longer right. a big con and a bunch of smaller cons. No, they're all pretty huge uh, now where we're actually drawing some attention from some vendors and some real power players in the industry are, are taking a second look. But since I have so many new people to the hobby or so many new people to the con coming in, I thought it may be time for maybe to sort of adjust that and maybe have some new blood come into your games and not just keep it I, so... I agree with you, Jim. To totally yeah. try it. Let's try, let's try it at the next one. I mean, okay. it's obviously too late for this one. but Yeah, of course. Expand the listener base, too. because Yeah, it might, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and also you know having materials about the podcast like some cards or something that you can hang out to people that that yep. just show up. Yeah, you too. used to do that, and I forgot. Somewhere I've got I've got the old the old uh, postcard. Well, we have time. We could get something together. Yeah. By on the back of it, it had um, cardboard tender. heroes. It had me and Tappy as cardboard right. heroes. Yeah, I've got one of those. those. Yeah. They were awesome. You could cut, cut them out. Little, yeah. little fat man with a bald with head and a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have those guys that made the little uh, Strategicon uh, one, two-dimensional figures that we gave away last con. I'd love to have them make one for like a bunch of my friends. So we have. Them. Oh yeah, right? great. That would be cool. And just uh, make up characters for ourselves in Zombicide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use those. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I was in the a, guy um, that ran the JackerCon like Happy Jacks game. How did that turn out? Did anybody play it? I don't it or? know. That's a really like, good question. He'd messaged on the forum yeah. about, like, what kind of character would you want to be if I make a... Oh, I haven't heard. Based yeah, because we got Jack's to be bad guys. Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I said, yeah, I want to be a villain. I want to be yeah. the worst villain. I, I still, <laughs> in my mind, I so still life. wish <laughs> yeah. that I have time. And maybe I'll try and get time to actually write, like, a 
Happy Jack's podcast fiasco scenario? Uh, it's kind of I thought you were no, because that. I, we, I had that question come up to me recently as somebody who wants to learn a game. You know, it's like, well, if you were just wanting to play yourself, well, and I go in, and I go in, well, this is what I'd want to do. I want to I want to play a character that gets all the bitches, smokes all the fools, and <laughs> pimps like there ain't no Jesus. That's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, Spirit of Seventy Seven, it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I've I've had this idea that like I'm doing a whole scenario about like you're a gaming podcast and like come up with all the all the things yeah. that have gone wrong over the years. Like, oh, the recording is blank. <laughs> oh, the I might be able to give you some back uh, behind the scenes stuff that went. Actually, sure. Great oh, you're you're game. too drinky. Yeah, to podcast talk. the board game. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Host too drunk to talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to come up with you got to come up with what is it? Yet another <laughs> argument Needs. about armor class. I, um, or metagaming. I hadn't told a lot of people that I was going to be on this podcast. I just told a few of my friends, and three out of four of the people says, "Dude, try not to drink so much on the podcast. You got to drive home." The other one was like, "Dude, if you get drunk over there, make sure you just stumble over to your mom's house. Don't Those try to drive." Jacks, guys. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> well, it's, it's not. It's not a Friday night. In the morning. Yeah. When yeah. the shows are on Friday nights, that refrigerator is here for a reason. Ten thirty in the morning. Truth. I don't know. <laughs> a bottle of wine. Beer. Yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, you should see the last D and D game. We went through what three or four, four bottles, bottles of, wine? of wine. Four bottles in of four wine. hours with five six people. of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just drink a bottle. Just, everybody should just bring a bottle. And that's just, the way just, they hero game. Drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, slept like a baby. Right. (laughs) Woke up with a boob in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Covered in my own shit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Full circle with the poop. Right, exactly. Good job. Shit boot. Shit boot. Shit boot. Poop on my I think that's a new t-shirt, man. Expression, man. Shit boot. Shit boot. But you have to say it with some kind of accent. Yes. Fear the shit boot. Fear the shit boot. Shit boot. <laughs> Cheat the boot. Cheat boot. <laughs> no, I just one of my favorite. Stu is the proprietor of that shop from Frozen. Yeah, my friend like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Stu sitting there. Special on shit boot. My friend Chris, one of his. One of the expressions came up with at a con was uh, Excuse me, guys, I gotta go launch a stink pickle. <laughs> Which killed me. Okay. <laughs> I, I was rolling laughing for a good 10 minutes. I got to go launch a stink launch. pickle. <laughs> and <laughs> so what I did is I mocked up a t-shirt with, uh, with uh, Jorgen, Bert, whatever his name from, Das Boot. Um, Pinchot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jorgen Prochnow. Jorgen Prochnow. With him on it, and the full regalia with a beard and the German hat on it. <laughs> and it said, in German, it said, in German, flood the tubes, we're about to launch a stink pickle. <laughs> and the only translation I can come up with pickle for German, oddly enough, roughly translated to malodorous cucumber or something like that. But it... <laughs> That's fantastic. That's funny. That's pretty good. I'm 12. (laughs) I'm 12. I know. That kind of stuff makes makes me laugh so much. Exactly. What is that dashboard? When did that thing show up? That's always been there. No, it hasn't. Dashboard has always been a feature of uh, OS X. I've been using this computer for like seven years. That's never been there. 
I don't know, but <laughs> I know it's part. Like you click it, it brings up. It brings up like a bunch of I widgets. I don't know what I d- to I tell up- you. I upgraded Stu. the operating system recently. I can't. I can't tell right. you how you misuse technology. All I know is <laughs> I can only point I, it out. I have make you feel foolish. There's not one on here. Where's the one on here? Well, you have a whole bunch of other shit on there. Maybe you knocked it off because there's too many icons. Can you knock shit off there? I, I assume so. You can just click and take it off. There's space. There's space on both sides. It could probably fit two more icons. Oh Never mind. We're going to go we'll quit end the show now. <laughs> <laughs> shit boot. We're of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast Weekend. to Australia and maybe East Timor be a dreadful exalted girls or dungeons and dragons Hero can find the fatal savage lands That faithful day began with a smile and a wink With a raven hair, a daring smile, the cheeks so rosy pink Little wordless, her smoky eyes said she was to be mine Stolen moments in a hayloft brought me passion so sublime She's got me crying and drinking and cursing on her name She's got me running and hiding and trying all the same To find my way back to freedom to start my life again without her Inside her mind, and we would live together and pursue a life of crime. Soon upon a road, we wandered and a traveler waylaid. I played the role of rogue while she played the hairy maid. She's, She's got, got me crying, crying and drinking and cursing on her name. She's got me running and hiding and trying all the same to find my way back to freedom to start my life again without her. She stabbed him with a dagger and killed him where he lay She took our only horse and then she ran away She's got me crying and drinking and cursing on her name She's got me running and hiding and trying all the same To find my way back to freedom to start my life again without her Travel for I was the one way laid Taken by the lusty 
whispers of this cursed maid I flee from every lawman and constable I see For to each this cursed maid has described me to a tea She's got me crying and drinking and cursing on her aim She's got me running and hiding and trying all the same To find my way back to freedom To start my life again without her Bum, 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 bum.